Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You'll learn how to rest in the. Recorded live. No, already done. And God says, I need a human being with a body who's a believer who will enter into the rest of what I've already done. That's number one. Number two, he needs someone who is all of, number one, a believer who knows the promises of God. You want to cooperate with God? You've got to know his promises. What are the promises of God? Is there a promise of healing? Is there a promise of deliverance? Is there a promise of prosperity? Is there a promise of soundness? What are the promises of God? So now we know why we come to church. Now we know why we read the Bible. Now we know why we listen to tapes. Now we know why we go to Bible study. So we can continue to discover all of the promises that have been made available to our lives. And once you discover those promises... God says, I need you to cooperate with me by knowing the promises. It's not okay for you to come to God and say, I don't know what to do. We have a problem. You know what the problem is? If you don't know what the word is and you don't know what the promises are, how are you going to execute your authority? An ignorant policeman cannot enforce the law. It's impossible for him to police right. The Pope can't do a job if he don't know the laws. Neither can the Christian cooperate with God and he don't know the word. How are you going to enforce something that you're ignorant of? So you see, you don't get brownie points for just showing up at church. You're not going to get any brown. I came to church this morning, so everything's going to be all right. No, it's not. The same hell you had last week, going to have it this week, because you don't know no more this week than you did last week. <laughs> 2016 is the best year of my life. Hold on before you say amen, because if you don't know none, you're going to have the same 2015, 2014, 2013, 2012. Ain't nothing going to change, because your ignorance keeps you the same. So it's not all right to get dressed up, come to church, and expect that God's going to give you a, some brownie points for showing up. You don't get a perfect attendance certificate for showing up. Why do you show up? Hopefully you got somebody in the pulpit that's going to teach you some more understanding of what the Word says so you can enforce it and cooperate with God. So he needs a believer who knows the promises or who knows the spiritual laws that govern life in all of these different areas. Number three, to cooperate with God, to cooperate with God, he needs someone that will enforce the laws that he knows. Now this is where about 90% of the Christians miss it. They believe God, uh, they know the promises of God, 
but they won't enforce it. You have to be willing to enforce the promises that you know. In other words, if you know that God has promised you healing, you have to be willing to command healing into manifestation. If you know that there's a promise for prosperity, you have to command prosperity into manifestation. If you know that there's a promise from, for deliverance, you have to command deliverance into manifestation. I mean, here's what, here's what I'm saying. You have the authority, so you've got to execute the authority. You have to flip the switch. Here's a promise. Oh, I got the promise. I can now enforce it. So if that thing is not manifested in your life, you're, you're like the policeman. I am going to arrest you because you're not keeping the law. I'm going to arrest my thoughts. I'm going to arrest my mind. I'm going to say, in the name of Jesus, I command what the promise says to be manifested in, in my life. When you're not doing that, why should you expect for it to come? It's not being enforced. It's not being enforced. Well, I don't know why God didn't answer my prayer to heal me. Because he's already answered it, first of all. Well, how come I feel sick? Because you won't use your authority to enforce healing. You keep opening your mouth and enforcing sickness. See, you're going to give authority to the devil or God through what you say out your mouth. And what you speak will authorize God to intervene, or what you speak will authorize Satan to intervene. But you have been given the authority to determine who's going to intervene. And I guarantee you, for the most of us, our biggest problem in our spiritual lives is our big mouth. We keep saying stuff to void out what we're commanding to be manifested. That's why a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Let not that man think he should receive anything from the Lord, because in one mind you're saying, I believe I'm healed. In the other mind you say, man, I'm so sick, I feel like I'm going to die. Uh-oh. You know the results of two minds? Zero. You get nothing. The, the key is we want to see manifestation this year. We're going to see manifestation this year. We have got to leave. We've got to leave this place of just hearing the word and playing church and being religious. We have to see the manifestations of the promises of God because we have a generation now that's not just going to believe what you say. It's show and tell time now. I said it's show and tell time right now. So if you pray and don't see something, it's because of no cooperation with God. That's the reason why. It's not because God didn't do something. When something like healing is promised to you in the Word, you take your place of authority as a believer, and you say, this is a law of God. This is a promise of God. So I command my body to respond to this. In the name of Jesus, I'm commanding what God has already done to manifest. But you have to know what has been promised. He won't make us receive, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to learn how to receive what God has already done. You have a free will and you've got to choose. Now, I'm headed towards something extremely vital here this morning. It's not God who is letting people be sick. It's not God who is letting people go to hell. It's not God who's letting people be in bondage. It's not God who's doing any of that. 
God has already provided healing for every single person on the planet, saved or unsaved. He's already provided healing. Do you know the Bible says he came to save the world from their sins? You know how powerful that is? You know how powerful that is? Oh, Lord, I hesitate sometimes to go that way because I know if you, you know, you, you, you'll, you'll, get, you'll, you'll freak out if I say this, and, and I really want to say this, and I really believe you can handle this, and I'm just going to kind of go ahead and say it, but God's not the one letting people go to hell. We, how many, just, I'm just going to see if you, how many of you have thought in times past that you go to hell because of your sins? Heck yeah, everybody. Heck yeah, I was growing up, I first got born again. Man, they had this movie I called The Burning Hell. <laughs> and I remember I had hell in me. So when I saw a movie about the burning hell, I realized I need to get the hell out of me. Because <laughs> I didn't want to go to the burning hell. I knew I had hell in me. So everywhere I went, think about this. People told me, Jesus died for your sins, and then right after that they said, but you better get your sins together, don't you going to go to hell? And I was like, wait, wait a minute, I always got confused. I heard, what you say he died for? <laughs> he, you, he died for your sins, all right? Well, what did that mean? Well, he, he took your sins away, all right? Okay, so he died for, for my sins, but I'm still going to go to hell for my sins. I said, something ain't right. You know how we did. Most of the time we just, okay, that's what they say. That's what they say. Who is they? That's what they say. <laughs> then I got into a deep study about what Jesus did. He not only died for our, for our sins, he took our sins away. Amen. Somebody say, we that in the Bible. Romans 4 talks about that he, he will not impute that word impute means to hold against. He will not impute your sins on you. And it came from a Hebrew word which meant no, never will he ever, now that he has died and was raised from the dead, no will he ever, never will he hold or impute your sins against you. I said, that's, that's deep. And then I went over in Hebrews, and I started reading where he's t he died for all of our sins, past, present, and future. And we have eternal redemption from sin. And I thought, wow. And then I read the scripture that says Jesus, when he comes back, he's not coming back unto sin again. In other words, he, he took care of the sin issue. Somebody says, I'm still sinning. Why? Just because you keep making your mind up to sin, but that's not going to send you to hell. Well, that ain't going to send me to hell. I might as well rock and roll. Well, that's wrong, too. <laughs> because under grace, grace and Jesus will teach you not to sin. And once you realize how much, you how much Jesus loves you, once you realize how much he loves you, you ain't going to want to sin for somebody that pays such a big price to deliver you from sin. So this is not a, about a license to keep sinning. So I said, okay, well, you know, what's your will? He said, my will is clearly stated in word in the book of Peter. He says, my will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I said, so you don't want nobody to go to hell? He said, no. I 
said, okay. And then I saw it. People don't go to hell for sinning. They go to hell for rejecting the price that Jesus paid to deliver them from sin. See, that happens every time. You still want to believe you're going to go to hell. I mean, right now, as crazy it is, you want to kind of stand up and say, that's wrong, I'm going to hell for sinning. I'm like, okay, fine. Because you're scared that what I'm saying is going to keep people sinning. See, right thinking equals right living. But if you keep thinking wrong and keep thinking that your sin is going to send you to hell, no, you don't go to hell for sinning. You go, okay, let's, 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 let's just break it down a little bit more. All right, let's just say you go to hell for sinning. That means ain't none of us got a chance. If we're going to hell for sinning, that means none of us ain't got a chance. Why? All right, how many of you know all sin has the same measure? Well, the Bible says whatever is done not of faith is sin. That means every time you doubt, every time you have unbelief, whatever's not of faith is sin. I'm telling you right now, I know I did something yesterday that wasn't of faith. <laughs> the Bible also says to know to do good. And to do it not is sin. You know, the guy you should have picked up and bought home and clothed, you could have did good to him, but you didn't do it. That's sin. If men go to hell for sin, we ain't got a chance. Yes, we do. We have to repent of our sin. All right. So what if I forget one? Lord, forgive me for this. Lord, forgive me for that. Lord, forgive me for that. And then I forgot. Oh, I didn't speak to that lady right. You ain't got a chance. See, that's the whole point. You can't do this without Jesus. And you keep trying to figure out how to do it without Jesus. You, you think somehow you got this thing together. I'm right. I'm perfect. I did perfect today. I was nice to everybody. I, I was kind. I did everything by faith. I sung Bible songs all day long. I read my scriptures three times a day. Hallelujah. I gave him dance. I gave him worship. I did it all. I did it all. You had a perfect week until your husband said something to you that made you snap. And you said you blankety blank blank got now that you to mess me up. We got no chance. You cannot do this on your own. The only way you can get to heaven is to receive what Jesus has already done. And through Jesus and his precious blood, I received the price he paid. He was the only perfect man to ever walk on this planet. And I'm hooked up with him. And I get in on his ticket, praise the Lord, not on mine. <laughs> that if you are seeing you are the devil, you see, you, you're trying to justify something that you yourself are going to be guilty of. That's the whole point about Jesus. We were all found guilty. <sighs> so now I say, okay, Lord, I believe in you. He says, well, he say, okay, I got you covered. I'm going to seal you with my Holy Ghost of promise. 
You good. Believing. You think me just believe. You remember the dude on the other side of the cross? He was no good. He even said it. He said, I ain't no good. He said, I ain't no good. He said, but I sure believe. And Jesus looked at him. He said, uh, this day, you're no good for nothing self, but you believe me. This day, are you with me in paradise? You know what Jesus was saying? I can fix all of the no goodness about you. I can fix all the mess about you. That ain't no problem for me. At a week of an eye, I can fix all of that. But I can't do nothing about your free will to choose to believe me or not to believe me. I can't do nothing about that. That's your choice. But all the stupid stuff you do, how many of y'all remember when you did stupid stuff? And now that you believe Jesus, the stupid has decreased. Because I'm telling you, Jesus will take care of your stupid. Jesus will deliver you from stupid. But he needs you to cooperate. So why do people go to hell? They reject the only payment that can deliver them from hell, Jesus. So why do people go to hell? For not believing Jesus. So what happens if I do believe Jesus? He will cleanse you from your sins. He'll put the Holy Ghost in you, and the Holy Ghost will start leading and guiding you. Don't go there no more. You say, I'm going to go. I got to go here tonight, Holy Ghost. He said, don't go there no more. I got to go, and then you go. And then when that mess happened, Holy Ghost said, now what I tell you? Yeah, you told me not to go there. You're right. You're right. See, the Holy Ghost will teach you. Grace will teach you. Sometimes grace will let you fall in a ditch so deep. And then he'll be the one to help. Just come on. Come on, baby. We're going to be all right. I got your back. Come on up. Come on up. Because here's, here's the thing that will never disappear. While you don't go to hell for sin, you got to be careful not to create hell on earth for sin because sin has consequences. That's why you don't want to sin. Well, in that case, I might as well go on sin. No, you don't want to sin because all sin has consequences. Shoot, man. So, so since, I don't go to, since I don't go to hell for sinning, I'm going to call this little honey up tonight. Oh, yeah. And I'm going to call this honey up tomorrow night, and I'm going to call this honey up tomorrow night, and then I might mix it up on that last night. Okay. But now here's the deal. Consequences, 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 consequences. And I don't even know the limitations of those consequences. The consequences emotionally, the consequences physically, the consequences relationally. And while God loves you, your wife might not love you no more. Like she used to love you. She can love you from another perspective because you are human. But there are consequences. 
There are consequences. You damage relationships, and there's nothing in the Bible that says you've got to be close together. When you are married and you commit uh, a fornication act, it is if that covenant is broken, and, and it is, you're, you're right in the same position you were in before you made the decision to marry. You don't have that covenant is destroyed. There are consequences all day long. You know, you, you go to bed and come away with some kind of disease. And there are consequences for it. You go to bed and your, your emotions are all messed up because, you know, you thought by giving it up to this guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. Don't get quiet. Am I in the house? You know. You sit up here, did he say what I thought he said? That ain't in the scripture, is it? See, because you, 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 you want somebody so bad, you're willing to pay any kind of price, even if it means to put yourself for sale to try to buy some, some kind of comfort and some kind of love. But that's not, that's not how it comes. And then after you've gone to bed with every other guy, then you realize none of them want you, then emotionally that is so damaging. You're talking about devaluing yourself. You devalue yourself so much. Or the husband and the wife who's in the ministry, and they have their church. And the husband values the church more than he does his wife and his family. And what happens is he gives the church the best part of him, and the family gets the worst part of him or whatever's left over. And they all begin to grow up thinking, I really hate the church because my dad values the ministry more than he values me. And now the wife feels so devalued, and in about 20 years, she ain't going with the church stuff no more. Baby, you need to go do prayer. You do prayer. You do prayer. You pray. Leave me alone. Wait, wait, baby, you, you, you need to act like the wife. I'm the head of the house. You ain't no head of nothing. You better get on up out of my face talking to you like you in the street. Who you think you are talking to me like that? What's happening is she's been bruised and bruised and devalued and devalued and devalued. There's consequences for that. So while it doesn't send you to hell, it could be the construction tools that make your own custom-made, hand-built hell right here on earth. And while you're on your way to heaven, you're enduring some, some self-made hell because that's why God don't want you to sin. He knows what happens when you do it. So you keep trying to not sin for spiritual purposes. I'm not going to sin so I can please the Lord. Don't leave y'all. God is fleet. Ah, there it is. See that? Ah, there it is. Oh, there it go. That's just gas. Quit playing like that. You're not understanding that God understands the consequences and the pain and the hurt and the sickness and the disease and the emotional turmoil. And the... He understands all that. He says, I love you so much, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you doing that. I don't want you doing that. I, I don't want you looking at porno all night because if you look at it and now you're tempted all kinds of ways to do things you would have never considered. And then when you do it, because what you think about the most, that's where your body's going to go. Your body goes in the direction of your dominant thoughts. He says, I don't want you thinking about this all the time. If you're thinking depression, you're going to be depressed. You're thinking you're nothing, then you're going to end up being nothing. And we think we got a little loophole. 
Nothing thrills a dad like that moment when father and son are in perfect unison for the very first time. God feels the same way about his children. Prosperity, healing, and success, and so much more can be celebrated when you line up your thinking with God's Word. Faith cometh by hearing. Get the Word. We're trying to believe God for something without the Word. Now remember, that's the way to cooperate with God. you got to know the promise. The religion of emotionalism, the religion of shouting and screaming and hollering. See, we've been shouted at, we've been screamed at, we've been hollered at. We die still in bondage because we don't know how to intelligently cooperate with God to receive what he has given to us. Stop fighting God and start cooperating with God with this limited-time television offer from Creflo Dollar. You'll receive the liberating three-message series, Cooperating with God, where you will learn how to walk the talk and trust God in all areas of your life. Next, you'll receive the Cooperating with God mini-book to coach you through your daily walk with God. And we'll send you the two-message series, Receiving All the Provisions of Grace, all for your love gift of $35 or more to the ministry. Or for a love gift of any amount, we'll send you the two-message series, Receiving All the Provisions of Grace. Start cooperating with God and experience the blessings of being His child. Order your copy today. have a burning desire to see lives changed by the gospel of grace? If so, prayerfully consider supporting Creflo Dollar Ministries financially. You may not be called to preach in the pulpit or perform missions work in another country, but as I tell my congregation, God has never called anyone qualified to work for him. He is the one who works in and through us to fulfill his will. When you send in your financial donations, your sacrificial giving enables us to reach the world with the gospel of grace. Thank you for choosing to be a vessel that God can use to help others understand grace and experience real change in their lives. Something's got to give. This isn't working. Reboot your life with God's grace at the 2016 Grace Life Conference, July 11th through July 15th in Atlanta, Georgia. Grace has made everything available, and trust and faith gets it to manifest. For five days, refuel yourself with five speakers who will share about God's grace for the first time together. Joy is a reflex of God's grace. Being right with God is called righteousness, and it is a free gift. If you ever have your problem, God has already supplied you with the answers. All the good that God wants to do in your life, it starts and ends with the grace of God. Grace Life Conference 2016, space is limited, so purchase your tickets online today. Visit us online at CreflodollarMinistries.org. Because of you, Creflo Dollar Ministries is providing a new understanding of grace and empowering change in the lives of millions of people every day. Thank you, partners and friends. Your love and financial support makes it possible to bring this message into billions of homes all across the globe. 
a donation of $107 or more, the Word Network would love to send you this royal blue and gold messianic prayer shawl called a tallit. Worn by men and women over the head or shoulders, this prayer shawl creates a private space for prayer and a symbolic covering of the presence of God. The 24 by 72 inch tallit is adorned with white tassels tied on each corner. The blue and gold neckband is embroidered with a Hebrew blessing. Blessed art thou, O Lord God, King of the universe, who hast hallowed us by thy commandments and hast commanded us to enwrap ourselves in the fringed garment. This authentic prayer shawl represents a wonderful tradition of faith and a daily reminder of who you are in Christ. Call 855-730-WORD and your prayer shawl will be rushed to you immediately. That's 855-730-9673. 855-730-9673. With your continued partnership, we're bringing the good news of the gospel to a lost and hurting world. I believe that everyone has an opportunity to hear the voice of God. And it may be a direct voice, a heavenly voice. Rejoice in the Word with Bishop George Bloomer. Catch the ministries that reach the masses every Friday night right here on The Word Network. The Word Network is constantly breaking barriers in distribution. And now, The Word Network can be seen on Apple TV. The Word Network is bigger and better than ever. Writings in the Hebrew Bible and the New Testament connect. God bless you, Yadim, and shalom, beloved ones. My name is Rabbi Schneider. Welcome today to this edition of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. We are continuing our study today in the Song of Songs. Some call it the Song of Solomon. This is season two today, part number nine. We're calling this series A Journey into Divine Love. We believe that the Song of Songs is a prophetic love letter between King Jesus, our bridegroom King God, and his church. I encourage you to get this entire teaching. I really do, beloved. This series has changed my life. I'm not going to review today, but all the background information is available on either CD or DVD. I'm going to head right now in to the Word of God. We're picking up now in chapter number 4. Hear the Word today. As I begin in verse number 2, where Jesus is praising the Shulamite bride for all her virtues after he's called her out of the season of divine... Thanks for... We're having a special... No extreme. Notes. But if you don't take notes, be sure you write it in your heart because we are moving from carnality. God bless. Understand that religion does not constitute relationship. You can have religion and not have relationship with God. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Now see, because we are three-dimensional, because we are three-dimensional, everything, we have to understand that about ourselves, and we have to understand that whatever you feed will grow, it will develop. If, you, if you're feeding all of this fleshly, carnal, sensual stuff, and again, I'm not just talking about morals, because some of you have got a good grip on that, some of you don't, but, but some of you got a good grip on that, but you are bombarded your senses every day with negative information. I guess you heard about so-and-so. I guess you heard about this. You know, they get 
getting ready to take the car. You know, so-and-so pregnant. You know, this is about to happen. They're downsizing on the job. So-and-so's after your position. You just collecting all kinds of information and storing all of that stuff in your mind and then wonder why you have no peace. How could you have peace? You spend way more time with these portals open, feeding your mind that kind of stuff than you do in prayer and praise and worship in the presence of God, feeding your mind spiritual stuff. So for to be carnally minded is death. The reason you're not happy is not your age, is not your looks, is not your wife, is not your husband. The reason you are not happy is not because you're single, is not because you don't have enough money. The reason you are not happy is that your mind is filled with all that clutter all the time. You are mentally and emotionally constipated, locked up down inside of yourself with no vent, no one to talk to, nobody to open up to, no place to release it, and it's building up in you. And that's why your joy is not full and you have no peace. You need to dump all of that stuff out on Jesus and say, Lord, that's your business. Whatever you do with it is fine with me. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The, the challenge is, is to be built up, is to build up this spirit part of you. And, and, and I'm afraid that we don't do that much. We don't do that much. Because when it comes to building yourself up in the spirit, those those spiritual muscles are often very underdeveloped. The TV is exercising your sensual muscles. The radio is exercising your sensual muscles. What you read is exercising your sensual muscles. What people are saying to you is exercising your sensual muscles. But when it comes to your spiritual muscles, you, you could be a weakling. And I'm, I'm going to tell you how to know you're a weakling. When you're in the worship service, you kind of go along with it, but you really don't get into it. It's not that you disagree with what they're saying, but you don't really connect with it either. It's not that you're against Christ, but you don't seem to get out of it what other people seem to get out of it. Though you like the idea of it, you get bored with it quickly. It's because your spiritual muscles are underdeveloped. I'll give you another fact. I, I put you, I call you to the altar to pray. You pray about 30 seconds. It's not even a minute. And it, you, you become aware of, oh, my knees are hurting. Oh, you know, I, I got to change positions. See, that's, that's your mind trying to turn you back to the carnal things and move you away from the spirit because spiritually you're underdeveloped. Prayer is boring. The only time prayer is exciting is when something in your senses is in trouble. Then you pray hard because you are more in the business of building up that that is sensual than you are praying for the joy of praying because you don't really enjoy praying to a God you cannot see when you can get on the phone and talk to somebody you can hear and interact with somebody you can see and get on Twitter. You spend more time on Facebook than you do in prayer with your little phony friends who check lack in your box. You enjoy talking to them more than you enjoy talking to God. And it's not that you don't love God. And 
It's not that you're not a Christian, but the reason you don't enjoy it is because you are suffering from spiritual malnutrition and your spirituality is not built up and you only do it out of religious duty and anything you have to do out of religious duty, you won't do it long because you don't enjoy it. Okay, I maybe it's what he gave me today. Maybe he'll give me something better next Sunday. I just... Go to the book of Hebrews. I want, I want to show you a couple of things. Yeah. Is it Hebrews? Yeah, Hebrews 5, 14. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age. Now, when it says those who are full age, it doesn't mean old people. It, it, it means that the strong meat you have to give to those that are spiritually mature. Okay, and, and it, it defines it in a minute. Strong meat belongs to them that are full age. I, I wish I could, Lord. I, I, like, strong meat has more revelation in it, and it has more liberty in it. The stronger you are, the less restraint is needed. When the kids are little, you go to bed at 6 o'clock. When you get older, you go to bed at 8 o'clock. When you get older, you go to bed at 11 o'clock. When they get a certain age, you don't know whether they go to bed, you don't even care to see you. You know you don't call your grown kids and say, it's 10 o'clock, it's time for you to go to bed. Because with maturity comes liberty. Not bondage, freedom. Because you have set the pattern when they were children, and then when they get older, you release them from the pattern because maturity brings about liberty. You couldn't give that liberty to a child. You don't give that liberty to young mothers. You don't give that liberty to a three-year-old to stay up all night because you're up all night and you're lonely and you need somebody to talk to. Little Willie needs to go to bed. Strong meat belongs to them that are full age. Those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Those who by reason of use, they have used it. So that's good news. You exercise it by using it. And the reason you're not enjoying it is because you don't use it. If you start working out, the muscles you don't use give you the most pain. It can be a little bitty muscle. One time I was working out, the guy had me doing something like this. I mean, just a little bitty waist, little three-pound little waist, doing like this. And I said, <laughs> I said, I like to die. Because, I mean, you don't walk around doing like that, you know, not normally. So anytime you're using something you don't normally use, it cries out against it. So if you want to develop it, you have to use it. Now, I want to show you why it's important for you to develop it. And just going to church does not ensure it. Because <laughs> you can go to church and be a spectator and not really be a participator and you don't get what other people get out of it because you're not really putting into it and you don't know how to put into it. It's not that you're hateful or rebellious or fighting God. You don't know how to open up to it because first of all, you are not in touch with yourself. People who are in touch with themselves can make the 
transition into the spirit more easily because they are in touch with themselves. If you are not in touch with yourself, it becomes difficult for you to connect spiritually because nobody's feeding you through the avenues that you are accustomed to being fed, and that's why you're bored. So you're just standing up to the praise service. I see you. You'll be standing there saying, Lord, have mercy.
the natural. She's thirsty in the spirit. She's thirsty in her emotion. She's thirsty in her heart. And the reason she keeps coming down to the well is that she's got a craving on the inside. And the reason she keeps going through these men is that she's trying to find somebody that can satisfy her thirst. And she's been through five husbands because she is thirsty. There's something missing out of her life and she cannot find it. And she is a church woman. She worships in the mountain. She goes to service in the mountain. What, one thing that is consistent about this woman is that she's thirsty. Where are my sisters at? Make some noise. Thirsty women make some noise. That thirst has affected every area of her life. She's thirsty romantically. She's thirsty spiritually. She's thirsty naturally. In every area of her life, there is a reduplication of the same pattern. Whatever you are in this area, you are in that area, you are in that area, you are in that area. And Jesus said, if I give you this water, I can fix the whole circle. this morning. I'm just going to teach a little bit. Is it okay? And, and she says, listen, this is, this is the clue to her secret torment. Give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come here to drink. You know what she said? I'm so tired of being thirsty. I'm so of being disappointed. I'm so tired of not having my needs met. I'm so tired of living my life in search mode. I'm so tired of not being gratified in any area of my life. I'm tired. I'm tired of the cycle of going and coming and going and coming and going and coming. I met somebody. I lost somebody. I got somebody. I don't have somebody. I think he likes me. No, he doesn't. I'm tired of the cycle. Give me this water that I thirst not. The thirsting is torment to this woman. The thirsting is torment. And all of this happens, man, and neither she nor Jesus have taken a drink. How could they talk all day about water and never drink that? The well is there. The water is there. The thirst is there. And yet they never put a cup to their lips. In fact, when the conversation is over, this woman drops her water pops. She said, the cycle is broken. I won't have to come back here looking for the same old stuff anymore. I found what I needed and I'm out of here. And the breaking of her pots is an indication that you cannot expect me to come back to the same place with the same need, looking for the same gratification ever again. The cycle is broken and she whom the Son has set free is Oh, God. Hallelujah. 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 See, what has brought her to this point is to be carnally minded is death. Death. It doesn't 
doesn't work, it doesn't satisfy, it doesn't fulfill. You got to keep coming back again and again and again. Give me this water. I'm, I'm 40 years old. Give me this water. I'm 57 years old. Give me this water. I'm tired. I'm not tired because I'm old. I'm tired of searching. I'm tired of hoping. I'm tired of believing. And when women get tired of believing, they either get grumpy and start complaining or they shut it off like men and say, I don't want it anyway. You lying. You do want it. You just don't know where to get it. So it's a weird conversation. And I want, I want to show you this one little part. She says in verse 20, Our fathers worship in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye come neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem to worship the Father. Now listen to what Jesus says. And I'm going to read it in the NET version. You people worship what you do not know. You people worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. Because salvation is from the Jews. But a time is coming and now is here when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Jesus just gave you a three-point outline. You worship what you do not know. One group of people worship what they don't know. They, 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 they just don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're worshiping. But they're worshipers, okay? They just don't know what they worship. Your people worship in the mountains, they know not what. This is false worship. This is flawed worship. This is, this is worship that is based on an inner need to worship, but it, you're worshiping falsely and wrongly and ineffectively, and yet it has been your tradition for years. You can be committed for years, and you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong. Don't let anybody tell you that just because you're sincere means you're right. He said, you, your people are sincerely wrong. He says, my people are right. Salvation is of the Jews. We know what we worship. Now, he said, but here, we worship what we know. We worship what we know. You worship what you know not. We worship what we know. We worship what we know. We worship what we know. But that's not it either. We worship what we know, but that's not it either. We worship what we know, what we understand, but that's not it either. We worship what we perceive, but that's not it either. We worship based, see the Jews worshiped a lot of tangibles, bringing goats and dopes, doves and peace offerings and wave offerings, and oh, it's six o'clock, just stop eating, it's six o'clock again, go ahead and eat, can't move, can't. all of this within the physical realm of what we know. We worship what we know. He said, but the hour cometh, and now is, that they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worshiping, the third category, is worshiping beyond knowledge. And this is where we lose it. 
The reason you don't enjoy it is because everything you do is based on what you know. And now I put you in an environment where you have to worship beyond what you know, and you're uncomfortable with it. If I put somebody in the room you could talk to, you talk right to them. If I put something in there that you could understand, you would respond right now. But anything that requires that you, be, that you go beyond what you know leaves you impotent to perform because Jesus said the hour cometh and now is that the, that the true worshipers must worship the Father in spirit and in truth. When was the last time you did anything to exercise your senses in the spirit? That's why your spirit is weak. That's why your spirit is weak. That's why your spirit is weak. When was the last time you enjoyed being alone? Opening up your own spirit. Cut the TV off, radio off, nobody comes in, nobody talks. When have you, when was the last time you were comfortable without the physical, the visible, the tangible, the touchable? Your muscles are weak in the spirit. They have not been exercised by reason of use, and you don't enjoy it. That's why you got to turn some noise on. You got to have the TV going all the time. You got to call somebody on the phone. You need contact in the body realm because your spirit is so uncomfortable that you don't worship beyond what you know. Did you not know that someday, if I can get beyond your eye gate, ear gate, mouth gate, that you are not alone ever at any time? Did you not know? Do you understand? Stand up here by yourself. Stand up here just by yourself right there. Look like just stand out there by yourself. Now, 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 now. come here. Come here. And you, you come here and you come here. And, 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 and come on, baby, you, you come here. And, 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 and okay, she's standing here all by herself. I just want y'all, come on over here, join the rest of them. I just want y'all to start moving all around her, just moving all around her. Yeah. She thinks she's in the house by herself. She does not know that the angels of the Lord encamp round about them that fear him. She does not know that she is in the presence of angels at all times, that she's never been alone, that she's never been by herself, that she never had to deal with anything by herself. She did not know that the angels watched over her while she slept, that they were with her when she got up in the morning, that they were in the car with her, that they were in the car wreck with her, that they stopped her from dying in the car wreck, that they brought her through the test and the storm, that they protected her from evil. She does not know that the spirit is all around her, but because she cannot see them, and she cannot smell them, and she cannot taste them, then she ignores them, and she takes me to be more real on the outside than them that are on the inside, and God needs to open her eyes so that she can see that she's got help all around her, all the time, never been by her.
but people all over the country, all over the world, a little bit here, a little bit there, sowing into this ministry makes it possible for me to have this kind of teaching available to you at the click of a remote. If you value that, why don't you help me too? Think about it. God bless you. I don't know how much more I can take. This job? Yeah, I really thought this relationship was getting better. Pressure. I love my daughter. I do. But I, I can't be mommy 24 hours a day. I just don't have any help. Pressure. Jesus says, he makes an invitation. He says, cast all your cares on me. Because I care about you. We understand that pressure is all around us. And we all need a way to deal with it. For your gift of any size, you will receive Pressure on CD from Bishop Jake's revolutionary series, Breaking Through. No wonder the devil is trying to get you to shut your mouth, because he knows if you cry, God will open up the windows of heaven. And when your gift is $70 or more, you will receive Breaking Through, trading earthly perspective for kingdom reality on three DVDs. I will not be distracted. I will not get discouraged. I will let God use this pressure to propel me into my destiny. And when your gift is $120 or more, you will receive the Breaking Through 3-Message DVD set, as well as the best of Bishop Jake's book collection in hardback that includes Destiny by T.D. Jakes, Faithing It by Cora Jakes Coleman, and Dear Mary by Sarah Jakes Roberts. Get ready for a breakthrough today.
calms my fear. Grace that dries up every one of my tears. Yeah. The same power that raised Jesus from the grave. Said it lives on the inside of me. doing this morning, whoever might be on the line. Alrighty. And everybody speak out at once.
All right. This is Miracle Rondo Shedded Composted, Edited Combrando Shedded Composted.
All righty. This the phone. Yep. <laughs> Took the wrong phone upstairs. I'm just praying. Anyway. Oh, I got to do that so I can get out of here. Okay. Um, trying to do these lists. Anybody want to pray? I want to pray for Brandon real quick before I get started. Father God, I want to pray for Brandy. Ha ha ya kum bro. She to go say, 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 she to go run the Rokosaka. Yes, Father God, thank you. Ha ya kum rasa. Thank you, Father God. Run the go say day. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yander the go say day. Father God, Rambo Tarandeke, Harambose, Harambose, Shiragande, Shekeke. Yes, 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 Father Rombo, Kahaka. Yes, 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 Shandere Rugosaka. Thank you, Father God. Rande Rugose De. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yandere Rugose. Hanyararaka. Oh, Father God. Mbron Seke. Father God. Ra. Yarakoko. Yarakande Rugose. Yarakose De. Shirugose De. Shirugose De. Shirugose De. Shirugose De. Yarakose. Thank you, Father God. Yandereka Sandaka, Yandereguse, Shararumbrandeke, Yandereguse, yes, Father. Hmm. Warabota, Haka, Yarambose, Lord, Harambose, Kete, Harambrose, Ke, Harambose, Kete, yes, 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 Father. Yandereguse, Yarabu, Yarabose, Thank you, Father God. We praise your name. We glorify you, Father. Condendi to go saka. Thank you, Father God. Yes, yes, yes. Shandandi to go say. Yarabu. Naraka. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for Marasira. Naraka. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Um, don't know about he's on here or not. Probably on mute. Know how that goes. Um, I'm trying to do my juice. And I gotta come back. Well, let me do that. Then I come down and do this. Hmm? Good morning, dear. How are you? I'm blessed you. I'm doing pretty good. I won't complain. Let me go ahead and pray for you while I got you on the line, dear. Okay. All right. Father God, Rosh Bosh did it a Kaharande, Shirakose, Shidarako Horande, Shirakose, Shindarandako Saka, Horashe, Shiraco Sandra, Horande, Shirakose, Horambra, Shirakose, 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 Shirakose. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Father God. Yes, yes, yes. Arakonde, she. Borasaka, Borashedidikasa, Borasaka, continue, Father, continue, continue. Help it to walk in that, Lord. Horashidikasada, help it to walk in that, Father. Yamborandidikasada, manifest your word in her life. Horashidikasada, Pour a bus to Gaza, manifest your word in her heart. Yet a ghost says she did. Harambrash to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say Haramboshidaka Haramboshidagashi, she to go say she to go say she to go Sadaka Haraboshidagos, she to go say she to Bosidakanda. Yes, 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 Father. Open her up. 
open up her spirit, Father, so she can receive those things that you want her to have, Lord. Anoint and keep her. Keep her, Lord. Anoint and keep her, Father. Anoint and keep her, Lord. Anoint and keep her, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Reveal to her how to flow with you, Lord. How to grow with you, Lord. Reveal to her how to move in accordance with your word, Lord. Let the anointing of Christ rest upon, within, around, keeping her, Father. As she said, God rises up to become the woman of God you called her to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And let me pray for Elisa and her family. Find it to go say, should it 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 go say, you want to use this? No, you got that. Rhonda go say she 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 go say go say she she go say she go say she go say she go go say she 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 go say Manifest, 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 manifest. Manifest, manifest, manifest. Manifest, manifest, manifest. Speak life. I speak life to them, Lord. Life, Father. Life, Let them walk in you, Lord. Let them walk in you, Father. Rhonda to go say, she to go say, she to go say. Let them walk in you, Father. Rhonda to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say. Let them walk in you, Father. Rush to go say, she to go say. Yonder to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say, she to go say. Haranda, thank you, Father, for the manifestation of your word. Haranda, thank you, Father, as you're keeping them. Haranda, Kosaraka, Sakaraka, let them draw closer to you. And the anointing will increase in our life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. All right, anybody else want to pray? All righty then. I guess I'll start on my list of this. Give me one minute and I'll go grab it.
Okay. Pray for Morgan Farley. I need to go into the gun, 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 to go into Alicia Webster, how should it go say should it go say should go say should go say should go say Nancy Bro, Hush, the Gosh, 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 the Gos
Morgan McMillan and family. Hundred again, again, again. Hundred again, 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 again. They got sugar, 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 sugar. Manual rolls to hush. Sugar, 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 Okay, hush you to go say she to go say she 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 go Renee in the pain so hundred again to the gun 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 Chevalier Uncle, so she goes, 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 Gandhi, 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 Gandh
Jakir,
Finish these lists. Um, I got Rashi 
Randa Sakara. Reginald Foster, Sakara. Rose Johnson, Donna Luster, who should go say go say go say go 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 President Obama, Okay, we got Rosen, Wiseman, Reginald, Rose Johnson, Donna Lust, Della Carundo, Hundred Gander 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 President Obama, Yander Gander 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 President Obama, Mastermind Group, Thomas in the church, Daniel Watson and Watson family, Attorney Elijah, Hodge Jr. Thomas Lawrence, Sakara. Wally Horton, Lisa Brown, New Legacy Academy, RC
Okay. Um, I got my three lists done. We got the rest of the list to do. Anybody want to do the rest of the list? We got um, all the other stuff we do. Speak now, forever hold your peace. Okay. All right, then I'll do them. Um, sick and shutting. Yonder to go into the gander 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 to go into go into the gander to 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 go into the gander uh prisons and missionaries gender go fish to 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 go saraga fish to go fish to go fish to go saraga sakara abuse and addiction shanda the gander 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 the sakara abuse and addiction deceased in hospital sick and shut in prisons and missionaries unsafe or under the go fish to go fish to go fish to go fish to go saraga horoka saraka Ah, prayer shift to ministries and the family. Janet to go into the Ghana to go into the Ghana to go into the Ghana to go into the Gasa, the Gasa, Sakara. What else we got? Okay, I think that's all I can think on that group. Congregations and churches, unsaved, abuse and addiction, pressure to ministries and their families, deceased in hospice. And shut in. Okay, so then I will pray for um, walking in the realm of the supernatural. I need to go into the Gander 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 to go into Walking in the realm of the supernatural. Um, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. How should it go? Say, should it go? Say, should it go? Say, should it go? Say, should it go? Sakara. Who should it go? Say, should it go? Sakara. Sakara. Grace, mercy, and favor. Hara no gundi de gandi de gundi de gandi de gundi de gandi de gundi de gandi de gosara. Yara gandi de gandi de gandi de gasa. Yara gandi de gandi de gosa. Shira ganda sakara. Knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Yara gosa. Shira gosara gosara sakara. Discernment. Grace, mercy, and favor. Financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. Sheshi the Gandhi 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 the Sakara. Um, financial breakthroughs and turnarounds. Health, healing, and restoration. Sheshi the Gandhi 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 the Supernatural, superhuman strength, ability, gifts, and talents. Say she go, 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 Supernatural, superhuman strength, ability, gifts, and talents. She go. Healthy and restoration. She go. Renewing of our mind. She go, under the go, under the go, sakara. Renewing of our youth. Young, you go, under the go, sakara. And praying for our youth. She go, say she go, say she go, sakara. Okay, I think that's it. I can't think of none.
Okay. Um, anybody got a prayer? If not, I'm going to get into the reading. Anybody got a prayer going once? Anybody got a prayer going twice? Okay. The Lord Jesus speaks to his disciples saying, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, Matthew 11 and 29. The soul here alludes especially to the emotional part of our being. The Lord knows that his own people must pass through many trials, that the Heavenly Father is going to arrange for them to be lonely and misunderstood. As no one understands him except the Father, so no one understands his disciples, verse 27. Jesus knows that the Heavenly Father must permit many unpleasant occurrences to befall the believers in order they may be weaned from the world. He also appreciates what the feelings in their souls will be like as they are put through the fire. For this reason, he tells them in advance to learn from him so they might find rest for their emotion. Jesus is Gentile. He is able to receive any treatment from man. He joyfully accepts the opposition of sinners. Jesus is likewise lowly. His heartly humbleness, he heartily humbles himself. He has no ambition of his own. The ambitions are hurt, angry, restless when they cannot obtain their wishes. But Christ at all times lives gently and humbly on earth. There is consequently no occasion for his emotion to boil and erupt. He teaches we should learn from him, that we should be gentle and lowly as he. He says for us to bear his yoke as a restraint upon ourselves. He bears the yoke too, even the yoke of God. He is satisfied with his Father's will alone, as long as the Father knows and understands him. Why should he be concerned about the opposition of others? He is willing to accept the restrictions given him by God. He explains that we must bear his yoke, accept his restraint, do his will, and seek no freedom for the flesh. If this is done, then nothing can disturb or provoke our emotion. This is the cross. If anyone is willing to receive the cross of Christ and submit completely to the Lord, he should find rest for his emotion. This is none other than a satisfied life. The Christian cherishes nothing but God. Henceforth, he is satisfied with his will. God himself has filled his desire. He regards everything God has arranged or given, asked or charged him with, as good. If he can but follow the will of God, his heart is satisfied. He seeks his own pleasure no longer, not because of force, but because God's will has satisfied him. Since he is not filled, he, is no, he has no more requests to make. A life such as this can be summed up in one word, satisfied. The characteristics of spiritual life is satisfaction, not in the sense of self-centeredness, self-sufficiency, or self-filling, but in that the person having found all his needs fully met in God. To him, God's will is the very best. He is satisfied. What else need he ask for? Only emotional Christians find fault with God's arrangement, inspired to have more by conceiving numberless expectations in their heart. But one who has allowed the Holy Spirit to operate deeply in him by the cross no longer yearns for anything according to himself. His, he, his desire is fulfilled already in God. At this point, the believer's desire is totally renewed. This does not mean that thereafter there can be no failure. It is united with God's desire. Not only is he negatively resisting the Lord no longer, but positively he is delighting in his delight. He is not suppressing his desire. He is simply delighted with what God requires of him. If God desires him to suffer, 
he asks him to make him suffer. He finds sweetness in such suffering. If God desires him to be afflicted, he will willingly seek such affliction. He loves affliction more than healing. If God desires to bring him low, he gladly cooperates with him in bringing himself down. He delights not only in what God delights in. He covets nothing outside him. He expects no uplifting if God does not so desire. He does not resist God, but rather welcomes whatever he bestows, whether sweet or bitter. The cross produces fruits. Each crucifixion brings to us the fruit of God's life. All who are willing to accept the practical cross which God gives should find themselves living a pure spiritual life. Daily there is for us the practical cross God desires us to bear. Every cross has its peculiar mission to accomplish, a particular work in our life. May no cross ever be wasted upon us. Mm. Mm. righty. Lord Jesus speaks to his disciples, saying, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That's Matthew 11:39. The soul here alludes especially to the emotional part of our being. The Lord knows that his own people must pass through many trials, that the Heavenly Father is going to arrange for them to be lonely and misunderstood. As no one understands him except the Father, so no one understands his disciples. That's verse 27. Jesus knows that the Heavenly Father must permit many unpleasant occurrences to befall the believers in order they may be weaned from the world. Now, we must keep in mind, again, this is maturity stuff. You know, people say, God, it's not so much that God's trying to put you through negative situations and circumstances, but it's for the fact that he, we need to get an understanding of our flesh nature that is no good thing in the flesh, and there will be no flesh glory in God. And again, I always bring out how powerful our flesh nature. If Eve, Adam and Eve had a desire in the Garden of Eden to eat from that tree, in that state of perfection, and they yielded to the flesh, how much more will we yield to the flesh even now in the world of the way that it is? So God has to get us to, first of all, to see and then to be weaned from that thing because, see, the ways of God and the ways of the world are contradictory. And because we are covered in this meat soup, we will just, as a natural inclination, yield to what we want. It's just natural. What I want, I want to do this. I want that. I mean, it happens from a baby on up. You know, when a baby wants something, they cry. I want to be changed. I want to be fed. I want to be this. And so they cry. And so that's the, our flesh is always crying out. And our flesh always desires things that are, and it's opposite of God. So God has to begin to, first of all, show us and bit by bit, piece by piece, help us to see and to remove us from that flesh nature which is keeping us in bondage and not allowing us to grow up in the spiritual things of God. He also appreciates what the feeling in their souls will be like as they are put through the fire. For this reason, he tells them in advance to learn from him so they may find rest for their soul. Hmm. Okay. All right, going back here. Take my yoke upon you, and you will learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Take my yoke and learn from me. Learn my ways. Learn what I'm doing, because I know you're going to need me. 
Okay, rest for my souls. Now the author's pointing out that soul. That's why mind, will, and emotions. We're gonna need rest. We're gonna need strength. So we gotta learn from him. Take rest in him. And this is a step by step, precept by precept, line upon line type of concept or understanding. So we need to learn in advance because if we don't learn, in actuality, it'd be better if we learn in advance. But more nine times out of ten, we normally learn while we're going through. And, and, and actually, there's a reason for that too. Because see, when you're really learning beforehand, it's really head knowledge, and so really it's memory. But not until you apply it and you begin to walk that thing out as it really begins to become part of you. That's the application of it. So learning from him, learning the word of God. Now, it's necessary that you begin to read and study the word of God. And I always point out that you need to study the word of God by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because, see, you might be in Matthew chapter 19, and God wants you over here in Genesis chapter 4. So you're reading chapter 19, and you're studying chapter 19. But as far as your life is concerned and the things that you're going to be dealing with, God needs you over here in chapter 4. So if you're not in connection with the Holy Spirit, you're doing your own thing. So you can even be doing your own thing trying to walk spiritually. So that's why it's necessary that you connect with God so he can begin to give you the revelation that's needed. Because, see, chapter 19 is good and it's a very good book. But right now, chapter 3, chapter 4 is where you need, where your life is at. And you need that word of God regarding chapter 4. So if you're not in connection with the Holy Spirit, you're so busy being in self, doing what you need to do. Even if it's studying the Bible, you're not listening to God when he's saying, son, daughter, I need you for your own good. So over here. Because this is the way it's going to feed you at. This is where you're struggling at. This is where the word of God needs to enter your heart at over here in Genesis chapter 4. So if you don't ever connect with God the way that he needs you to connect, you'll still be off even when you're trying to study his word. So when he's talking about learning from him, the only way that you can learn from him is to connect with him. And when you're connecting with him, that means you're spending time with him. You're building up an environment. You're connecting with God. You're hearing his voice. You're seeking his voice. And you're allowing the Holy Spirit to penetrate inside of your spirit, soul, and body and begin to reveal you, should of course, should I reveal to you those things that are needed for your walk, for your daily walk. That's what he's talking about, learn from me. That's what he's talking about, take my yoke upon me. Or give you give your yoke to him. See, this is what he's talking about. So this is the processes that are necessary need for, for you to find rest for your soul. He also appreciates what the feelings in the souls will be as, as though they are put through the fire. For this reason, he tells them in advance to learn from him so they might find rest for the emotion. Jesus is gentle. He is able to receive any treatment from men. He joyfully accepts the the opposition of sinners. Jesus is likewise lowly. He heartily humbles himself. He has no ambition of his own. The ambitious are hurt, hungry, angry, restless when they cannot obtain their wishes. But Christ at all times lives gently and humbly on earth, there is no, there is consequently no occasion for his emotion to boil and erupt. He teaches we should learn from him that we should be gentle and lowly as he is. He says for us to bear his yoke as a restraint upon ourselves. He bears a yoke too, even the yoke of God. Hmm. Jesus is lowly. Hmm. He is gentle. He accepts the opposition of sinners. Because Jesus' agenda is God's agenda, and this is what he's trying to get us to see. 
See, we get angry, frustrated, upset, or pissed when things don't go the way that we perceive that they need to go. So then just automatically there's some frustration. Automatically there's 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 this 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 anxiety that comes about because we're 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 seeing even even when we're trying to walk according to God's will, and, and I love the way the art that the minister pointed out, that there is frustration involved. So don't think you're ever going to totally escape that because of our flesh nature that's wrapped around. There's always going to be some element. But see, the thing is, as you walk this walk, you learn how to take upon the yoke of God, and you can find rest in the midst of your frustration. You can find peace in the midst of the turmoil. But see, these things must be learned. You learn how to divorce yourself from all that's going on around you, but as long as what's emanating from within. But see, these things are learned. See, this is what he's talking about, take my yoke upon me. This is what he's talking about, learn from me. So these are the processes, again, that only the Holy Spirit can teach you as you connect with him. And that's why God is saying, connect with me. Let me teach you. Let me show Let me reveal these things to you. Learn from him. When you're doing that, then you're more gentle, you're more humble, you're more, you're more, you're, you're, you know, you're not, because it's not about what you want. I had a situation the other day when somebody was doing something, and I really, it was irking me, and I said, but I, every time I wanted to go say something, I said, no, Sam, no, Sam, no, Sam. So finally, when, and when I looked at it, I was like, you know what, let me, let me go ahead and address this. Let me go ahead and address But I wanted to make sure I addressed it, you know, didn't want to come out of Sam. So I went up there. I talked to the individual briefly because I'm not basically. I know I'm dealing with a time bomb, and and you know what? Because I I I could I could have a few choice words too now, but I I'm trying to you know do this. So I, I basically addressed the situation. It it was very gentle. They they basically tried to give me some BS, and it's like uh huh uh huh. Well, I, I appreciate you taking care of that, and I just turned around and walked away, and I left it alone. And when I came back yesterday, I found out they had taken care of. See, I, the thing is, and see, that's something else. And walking in there, you begin to get an understanding about a whole lot of other things. I know that I'm dealing with a time bomb. That person is so uncontrollable and doing so many dumb things because they're unhappy with themselves. They're confused, and I understand that. So since I know that, but I know as a as a as a someone who is an authority and control in this particular situation, I have to address that. I can't just let them run rampant on my watch when it concerns me, even though they got problems within. So now this is where the Holy Spirit comes in to show me how to meekly and lowly go in to this time bomb to keep them from erupting on me. Because then I'd have to rub back in and it would get real ugly. So, again, see, Jesus is talking about walking gently and walking lowly. You let the Holy Spirit, and see, the Holy Spirit will also, he'll also take that whole situation and navigate it as you listen to him. Because, see, at some point in all of our journey, we too were time bombs. At some point in all of our journey, we too were so emotional on walking according to the leadership of our flesh nature that that, that we too would go off and say the wrong thing. So I, I might not be as bad as this person in that particular area, but I might have been worse than others. So, again, I can't get condemning of somebody, but I can recognize it. See, that's what God wants us to be when we talk about being gentle and lowly and humble. You begin to recognize these things, and not in a condemning matter, but you need to walk in love. Because, see, they can't help themselves. 
But see, when you're a mature child of God, you need to understand that you intercede, you pray, and you lead, walk according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. They can't help themselves, and they will reject anything that will help them because they're not yet at a point in their life to receive what God has for them and want has for them. Again, see, all these things, as you begin to grow in this walk, you begin to get an understanding, and you begin to see things different. So that's why you need to be humble. That's why you need to be lowly. Because, as you said, without God, I would be that same situation and that same person. Jesus is gentle. He is able to receive any treatment from men. He joyfully accepts the opposition of sinners. Jesus is likely low, likewise lowly. His, he heartily humbles himself. He has no ambition of his own. The ambitious are hurt, angry, and restless when they cannot obtain their wishes. But Christ at all times lives gently and humbly on the earth. There is consequently no occasion for his emotion to boil and erupt. He teaches we should learn from him that we should be gentle and lowly as he is. He says for us to bear his yoke as a restraint upon ourselves. He bears a yoke too, even the yoke of God. He is satisfied with his Father's will alone. As long as the Father knows and understands him, why should he be concerned about the opposition of others? What does Erica say all the time? you got to learn how to be divorced from people. I'm going to use my child because she's down here, but she struggled with something about a week or so ago, and I kept laughing at her. Okay, only I'm laughing because I done been there. God told her to do something. She didn't want to do it. And, I, I mean, you know, I, so I, I just laugh because I've been in that situation. That's why I laugh most of the time. But she said, well, I'm going to do this, and then I'm going to wait for their response. And I said, no, if God told you to do that, you don't care about that person's response. You're doing it out of obedience. And, see, that's about being divorced from people. When God tells us or leads us to do something, we're doing it out of obedience. Whether that person accepts it or rejects it, that's on them. You do your job, you be obedient, and you do it in love. That's our responsibility as stewards of the word, as mature Christians, mature children of God. That's our responsibility to be obedient to what God tells. And then you're not so concerned. It would be love. It'd be a beautiful thing if they, recept- if they were receptive to what we were trying to do. Don't you think that's how God feels about us? It'd be a beautiful thing if we did everything that he tells us to do. Uh-oh, did I just cut somebody, including myself? It'd be a beautiful thing if you obeyed all his commandments. Oh, well, okay, I might as well stop right now. So, again, so how can we cast the stone when we ourselves are not without sin? So, again, that's why we have to walk in lowliness and humbleness, because we are not perfect. Without the grace of God, there would I be. It's only by his grace and his mercy and his anointing and his favor and his love that covers and keeps us. So we need to understand that before we try to jump down somebody else's stuff. See, that's self-righteousness. Okay, I'm going to keep reading because y'all don't want to hear all that. He says for us to bear his yoke as a restraint upon ourselves. He bears a yoke too, even the yoke of God. He is satisfied with his Father's will alone. As long as the Father knows and understands him, why should he be concerned about the opposition of others? He is willing to accept the restrictions given him by God. He explains that we must bear his yoke, accept his restraint, do his will, and seek no freedom from the flesh. 
If this is done, then nothing can disturb or provoke our emotion. This is the cross. If anyone is willing to receive the cross of Christ and submit completely to the Lord, he should find rest for his emotion. <laughs> that is where we need to be. I'm not there. Maybe you all might be. See, that's why I come back to, you know, this is a work in process, a work in progress. There are processes involved. And and, and I'm going back to Paul. The closer he got to God, the more filthy he saw them he was. God is the only one who's perfect. Jesus is the only one who walked this planet and sinned not. So we need to understand that and not walk in condemnation because that too is a trick of the enemy. This is none other than a satisfied life. Hmm. Satisfaction. It's just like a peace. I'm good. I don't need to go anymore. It might, it's like, you know, Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner or a, a dinner, all that food's on the table, and you get full. And, okay, I'm full. I don't need to eat no more. Now, some of us might just want to eat more because we see it, but... Being satisfied is like I don't need anymore. I'm I'm fine. It's peace with that. And so just as at that dinner table and you've gotten full, that's the same way God wants you to be in your emotional state. When you're walking and doing the will of God, then when things go contrary, well, Lord, you know, um, I'm good with that. Evidently, you know, it's not time or I don't know. Or maybe it's tomorrow's day. See, getting to that level of peace, satisfaction, that's what we're trying to get to. It's a walk. It's a cross-bearing walk. And keep that in mind, it's a cross-bearing walk. Jesus had to have help in his cross-bearing walk. But look at all what he had had endured even before they gave him the cross. So we're going to need help in this walk. He could have got died in the Garden of Gethsemane. They beat him. He didn't even look like a man by the time they got finished beating him with their skull and crossbones or the barbed wire and, and, and the little bits of, of chain, tearing, tearing flesh off of his body. He didn't even look like a man. Then he had to bear the cross. He needed help. Simon came and helped him. So now if he needed help, why do you think we're going to be able to bear our cross by ourselves? What, that's one of the main purposes for this line. That's one of them, me, me, Erica, and Felicia, when God did that, because we need help. Each and every one of us, we're not, and we're not designed to do this by ourselves. We're a body. But God uniquely designed each and every one of us, and he knows how we need to fit. Again, that's why we got to go back to God, go to the Holy Spirit. He's got to teach us these things. He's got to reveal us these things. Yes, it's your individual cross, but somewhere along the way, you're going to need help to bear it, to walk in the fullness of what God called you to walk. This is none other than a satisfied life. The Christian cherishes nothing but God. Henceforth, he is satisfied with his will. God himself has filled his desire. He regards everything God has arranged or given, asked or charged him with, 
as good. If he can but follow the will of God, his heart is satisfied. He seeks his own pleasure no longer, not because of force, but because God's will has satisfied him. Since he is now filled, he has no more requests to make. A life such as this can be summed up in one word, satisfied. When you're satisfied, you're peaceful, you're not running around here chasing stuff, looking for stuff unnecessarily. You're just good. I'm cool. You look at stuff, but you don't want it. Satisfied in a relationship. Satisfied on your job. Satisfied in your finances. Cool. Because why would I? That's only going to be more turmoil, more stress. Mm-mm. That's what God wants us to be. Because ultimately, he's the only one that can satisfy you, period. Because, see, you ever re- re- realize that you get you, you want this goal or you got this desire, and then when you get there and you find I got it, then that's good. Then a little while later, might be months, might be a couple of years or so, you're going to want something better. Again, it's the nature of this flesh. Not saying we're not to strive and go to different levels and things, but everything needs to be done according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Because, see, even when you're striving, you have the different goals. If it's according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, you're walking in peace while you're going there because you're going to have conflict. You're going to have turmoil. It's going to happen. But, again, within you, see, that's where the satisfaction is at. That satisfaction is within because it's God that you're fulfilling God's desire, so you're satisfied from within. It's not things from the external satisfying. It's not your job satisfying, that relationship satisfying. It's God that's satisfying because everything at some point in time is going to let you down. Even yourself is going to let you down. You're going to fail yourself at some point in time. But when you constantly open yourself up to God and let him be the center, see, that's why everything needs to emanate from him. That's why he needs to be the, everything needs to come from God. He's your source. He's, see, think of a circle and God is at the center and everything goes there. Your job and your business and your wife and your children, all of that, God is the source and the center of all of that. We don't have a different God on our job, a different God in our relationship. No, he's the source of all that. He's your provision. So when, you're, when, you're, when your whole desire and mindset and spirit, soul, and body set is to seek God in his will, and from that everything flows, that's where the satisfaction is at because he gives you peace. Those things other than that are external. They cannot give you peace. A life such as this can be summed up in one word, satisfied. The characteristics of spiritual life is satisfaction, not in the sense of self-centeredness, self-sufficiency, or self-filling, but in that of the person having found all his needs fully met in God. To him, God's will is the very best. He is satisfied. What else need he ask for? Only emotional Christians find fault with God's arrangement inspired to have more by conceiving numberless expectations in their heart. But one who has allowed the Holy Spirit to operate deeply in him by the cross no longer yearns for anything according to himself. His desire is fulfilled already in God. I'm seeking God, seeking what he wants, his direction, his purpose. I'm good. 
That's basically what he said. I'm seeking first the kingdom of heaven and all his righteousness. I'm seeking God first for everything, every aspect of my life. And then I'm good. I got peace. So when this falls apart, I still got God. When that relationship falls apart, I still got God. I lost my job, I still got God. I might go through a period of of, of, of sadness. I I might go through a period of turmoil, a period of anxiety, but I can go back to my source because, again, I'm I'm clothed in this meat suit and I do have emotions. I I, 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 I will go through things, but I, I will come back to God as far as being at peace and understanding, too, that we have to grow to this aspect. It doesn't happen overnight. But one who has allowed the Holy Spirit to operate deeply in him by the cross no longer yearns for anything according to himself. His desire is fulfilled already in God. At this point, the believer's desire is totally renewed. This does not mean thereafter there can be no failure. It is united with God's desire. Not only is he negatively resisting the Lord no longer, but positively he is delighting in his delight. He is not suppressing his desire. He simply is delighted with what God requires of him. If God desires him to suffer, he asks him to suffer. He finds sweetness in such suffering. If God desires him to be afflicted, he willingly sees such affliction. He loves affliction more than healing. If God desires to bring him low, he gladly cooperates with him in bringing himself down. He delights now in only what God delights in. He covers nothing outside him. He expects no uplifting if God does not so desire. He does not resist God, but rather welcomes whatever he bestows whether sweet or bitter. Hmm. You think you can get to that point in your walk? Whether it's good or bad, it's good. Whether it be abased or bound, find contentment. Melancholy, smooth sailing. Jesus was in the boat, in in the ship, asleep. Disciples were terrified. He was asleep because he was united with God. And he woke up and wanted to know, what's wrong with y'all? Didn't you all just see all these miracles were done over there? Don't you understand that there's a purpose and a destiny? You think this storm is going to take you out? That's basically what said. I have a purpose and a destiny that must be fulfilled. I'm sleeping this storm because I'm united with God. I'm at peace. Okay, y'all get that tomorrow. The cross produces fruit. Each crucifixion brings us to the fruit of God's life. All who are willing to accept the practical cross which God gives should find themselves living in a pure spiritual life. Daily, there is for us the practical cross God desires us to bear. Every cross has its peculiar mission to accomplish a particular work in our life. May no cross ever be wasted upon us all. And that is our lesson for today. Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. Okay. Hey, that's a lot of information first thing in the morning. 
Yeah, well, you know. And I came in on part of it. Yeah, well, you know. So. People wiping the sleep out their eyes like, is he serious? What'd you say? I said, you got people wiping the sleep out their eyes. Somebody, is he serious? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I, I got stuff to do, so I ain't trying to play around. No. Anybody else got anything? Ain't even 9 o'clock yet. Woohoo! It's not too early in the morning. Oh, well. Oh, that's a cucumber. Cucumber. Anybody else got anything going once? Anybody else got anything going twice? Alrighty then, I guess we're taking prayer requests then. Okay, we're going to be over in about five minutes. Uh, actually, we are, because right now it's just you and I and one other person who's on mute. Yeah, well, oops, oh, well. <laughs> Too bad, so sad. You're so silly. Okay, then, dear, Speedy Gonzalez. You can hey. pray for me. <laughs> no problem. All right, Father God, yeah, that goes. <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And, then, and the way this call goes... I'm sitting up here talking crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then 10 people are going to get on the line. Okay. And guys, really, son? <laughs> oh, before, before you pray for me, don't forget you want to pray for Gerard, uh, for uh, Brandon. Yeah, I, I pray for him already. Yeah. Okay. And it was something else I think you wanted to pray for. Oh, the um, man in the um, hospital with the electrical thing. Yeah. Oh, and did you pray for Lisa's family? Yeah, I did that too. Are you on a roll? Go on with your bad self. Told you I got works to do. Okay. Hi, Daddy God. Let me lift up uh, the man who got electrocuted. Yonder to go say, she 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 to go say, Yes, 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 Father. Continue to go there to speak to him and his family. Strengthen and encourage him, Lord. Let your word go forth to heal, to minister, and to reveal, Father. Keep them, Lord. Keep them in perfect peace. Keep them, Holy Spirit. Keep them, Father God. Keep them, Father in Jesus' name I pray, amen. And amen. Amen. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me without static or my phone? Yeah, I thought you had got cut off for, um, for a minute. You praying for me or Brandon? I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to switch phones first. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
Okay. Ready? Yeah. All right. All right, let me pray for Pam. Her shit'll go say, shit'll go say, shit'll go say. You under the gun, 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 under Talking, I can't hear you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Say, for example, you've been on your job for a few years, and you've been doing everything the boss been telling you to do, walking in accordance with what he tells you to do, and, and you haven't been getting any raise. So you go in there with your, you know, well, boss, I, you know, I'm looking for a raise. And, and I know the company has the money, and, I, you know, I've been following. I've been obedient. I demand your boss for a raise. And, and, and you expect your boss to give you a raise or you're going to gonna move. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Demanding and that understanding is what God is going to train you to walk with Him in the Spirit. But see, the only way that you can do that, okay, going back to what I was talking about earlier, the Holy Spirit has to teach you that. In other words, you can't put a demand on God because of what you want. <laughs> You know, we, we got that so twisted. You know, and, and honestly, in some of the readings we've done earlier, that's really what a lot of your time needs to go is getting, building up a, a, an environment in his word and all of that so that you can clearly hear from him to see what it, what it is that he wants you to do and the direction he needs to go. So that's part of the learning process that needs to occur in your life because he, what he wants you to, he wants you to get to a point that you can put a demand on him. But see, the only way you can put a demand on him is according with his word, and according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. See, you too can go to say, "Well, God, look. See, that's what go. Okay, let's go first. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Uh, God, you led me upon this path. Lord, look, I, this ain't something I wanted to do. First of all, you let. And the only reason you know that's because you. You've been spending time with him. You be and you know his voice. You've been walking in accordance with leadership of his word. And this has been going on for a while. You've been seeking him about everything that's been going on. Now you come up to this roadblock. You come up to this thing that's not manifesting. And Lord, is is this, is this what you want for me? Well, Lord, this isn't happening. Lord, what are you going to do about it? See, that's that's what he he's got to get you to that point that you put a demand on him according to his word. According to this, say, well, Lord, look. See, but see, I think I prayed for you the other day about an understanding. See, that comes when you start to get an understanding of that. Okay, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Lord, I'm getting up. I'm being diligent. I'm hearing. I'm seeking. And this is the path you led me. 
Yeah, I come to this impasse. Uh, Lord, I got the mountains on the left and the right and the Red Sea in front of me. What are you going to do? Holy Spirit, I, I need you. But see, now you got to learn how to travail to get in contact with him. See, all that's in the spiritual arena, which God is going to train you. But you got to get you past your emotions, your desires, your feelings, your wants, and your understanding. Oh, Jesus. That's where the work is at. Desires will take you there. I ain't going to say so much you desire to go. The work is involved in you getting out of the way. The work is involved in, in you coming, seeking, and hearing from God and letting God be God. Not putting your hands on the wheel, but letting him steer the course totally and fully and watching and waiting on the manifestation of his word, his will, and his way for your life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And you'll probably say this morning yes. too, right? Yeah, okay. Yes, I clear the sleep out the other eye. <laughs> wow. Man, that's a lot. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good morning. Oh, his name is... <laughs> All right, well, I said, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to be off in 10 minutes, guys. Oh, Really? Again, I done kind of learned. That's why I said, you know what? Why God got tricks. <laughs> but don't forget to pray for Brandon. Okay, I, I tell you, I pray for Brandon. I pray for Lee. Oh, okay, okay. And then you reminded me, I got the guy in the um the electrical guy. Okay. Yeah. So is that Renee that just said good morning? Yes, it is. Good morning to you, too. All right, give me one minute. I'll pray for you, Ray. I'm about to do this juicing. Okay, I'm back. No. Are uh, you ready for your prayer tonight? Nay, nay. Can you hear me? I hear you now. Okay. Yeah, I'm not ready. You ready? Uh huh. Okay. 
Param Brani Cowboy movies, you know, uh, you see a horse is went out of control, and the cowboy comes in and he grabs hold of the horse and gets it under control to keep it from going over the edge of the mountain or whatever, because the person who's in control can't steer properly. Uh huh. That's where the Lord's taking you to get to to to. Teach you how to wrestle those things that are out of control in your life, how to wrestle them and bring them to a halt and under your supervision and guidance. He's sending someone, a mentor, who will be able to uniquely teach you how to walk in that capacity as you need to walk. Right now, things aren't really in line and totally in control, and, and things get 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 out of get away from you. Mm-hmm. So, the Holy Spirit is saying, "Now, now you're ready, and you'll listen, and you'll know, and you adhere to those things that I want to teach you, so that you can begin to rein those things that are out of control." in control on your life. And I, I'm talking about more so in the spiritual than the natural. Now, as you rein things in control in the spiritual, then a natural result, they will be reined in in the natural. They can't. They can't. You know, everything we see emanates from the spiritual, whether or not we understand. Mm-hmm. So now God is going to begin to train you in that arena so that you can walk in that arena. Then you will speak, confess, or move in accordance with the leadership of the Holy Spirit as you need to, and it's going to have a direct effect on the natural. So now you need to focus more so on the spiritual aspect than the natural aspect and let God begin to instruct and teach you in that arena so that you can begin to reign in your whole life. Yes, your life and things are out of order in some capacity in the natural, but that's not what God wants you to look at right now. He needs you to pay strict attention to the spiritual, and as you begin to get that in order, then the natural will have no chance, no, no choice but to come in line with what he has for you. Oh, okay. I see that. Amen. Yeah. All right. Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer going once? Anybody else want prayer going twice? All right, then. Somebody can pray for me and I can get out of here. <laughs> okay, Father, we come to you today saying prayer for Brother Sam. Lifting him up. Thanking you, Father, for this child of yours. 
Father, we know that, that he has a, a plan today on what it is that he would like to get done. And, Father, we pray that it, that it is in alignment with what you want him to get done today. Because that way it will get done successfully. Father, we thank you for his obedience, for his understanding, for clarity, for his perseverance. We thank you, Father, for lighting the pathway a few steps at a time, just enough for him to see, for him to take the next step, but not enough for him to see all the way down the road because, of course, it's going to make a turn here, there, and everywhere. We thank you, Father, that as he's taking his steps and as he's learning that he is sharing with the rest of us so that we can understand that the path is not easy, that it is not without rocks and and pebbles and and puddles of water that you have to either wade through or jump over. But that through your guidance, you will make it through. And we thank you, Father, for his transparency in that regard. We continue to pray for his health and wellness for himself, his household, and his family. We pray for his safety as he's out here driving amongst the people who just don't care. We pray for his safety as he's out here on these different jobs. Keep his footing sure. Keep his hands steady. And we thank you, Father, that he continues to stay in your word, to stay connected with the Holy Spirit, and to get understanding and revelation, and in turn to share it with us. Father, we thank you for your love, for your mercy, and for your grace. We thank you for bringing this man into our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Okay, brother, that's your cue. I'm about to say anybody else got anything. If not, I'm gone. Okay. Well, everybody have a blessed weekend and a good day today. Oh, you do. Bye. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.